Welcome to Lockdown Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Curtis Birch, host your producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the cats. Today I'm recording solo, but not completely solo. Basically, I'm just going without Kyle Tucker because we got two fantastic guests to preview Kentucky versus Penn State in the Citrus Bowl matchup. We're going to talk to John Hale of the Courier Journal and Tom Leach, the voice of the Cats. This edition of the show is brought to you by Skyline Chili. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in just a bit. But right now, let's get to our conversation with John Hale. Now joined on the podcast by John Hale of the Courier Journal. Huge upgrade over Kyle Tucker. Um, specifically, like we'll, <laughs> specifically, we're gonna we're gonna talk some some of this bowl game. Uh, get get you guys into uh, a little bit more kind of an overview of it. Um, so I guess we'll just start with the main one of the main things. John Benny Snell, you gonna is he gonna get one oh seven? I think so. I mean. Penn State's good, obviously, and uh, their run defense is okay. I think there's a little bit of a concern, even though Benny and, and Eddie Grant and everybody has said they're not overly focused on the record of him trying too hard for that because, I mean, clearly it's on Benny's mind and that's what he wants to do and that's why he is playing in this game in addition to win and all those other things. So I think there's a risk of him playing too hard. But given what he's done in his career to date, when you know the very first game you ever get a carry, you tie the career record in rushing yards when you did what you did against Mississippi State earlier this year and one of the biggest wins they've had. I don't bet against Benny Snell anymore. Uh, it would be kind of the perfect end to his career to have another one of those games to go out with the record. It just seems uh, all too perfect. You were at um, the Mark Stoops and James Franklin press conference today. I was producing for Tom Leach on site, so I, I didn't get a chance to come over here and check that out. Um, anything interesting? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's awkward always when they do these press conferences where they put the coaches at the table together, and then they basically just have a competition to see who can say the more nice things about the other one. Um, it's not Mark's best setting. I remember this happened last year, too, with uh, with Pat Fitzgerald from Northwestern, uh, where Mark always has to go first, and so he says something he's pretty good, and then the other coach gets to one-up him a little bit and then talk <laughs> about how great Mark is and how great the program and all the respect, and, uh, and he's left a little wanting. So that was interesting. I think the most telling stuff was, was about, uh, I think our friend Daryl Bird asked, James Franklin, basically, what's different between Kentucky now and when you faced him at Vanderbilt? And he talked about all, all the progress Mark has made, and we've obviously seen that you know, incrementally because we follow him every day. But to hear it from somebody who has not been around Kentucky, not seen them in a while, was interesting. And to know that uh, nationally and regionally that respect is, is coming through and, and it's obvious to coaches like James Franklin – just how much better Kentucky has gotten in, in Stoops' tenure here uh, is, is, I think, a pretty pretty positive note for them going into this one. You know, there's been some talk, and I, I feel like people have kind of forgotten it to a certain extent. Uh, the the end of the, and I forget what year it was, when Franklin was at Vanderbilt, they scored the late touchdown when, in theory, they could have ran out the clock. Right. Uh, I almost feel like the animosity might be more from the fan base and from the coaching staff at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure that – I mean, coaches have a long memory, so I'm sure that Mark remembers that, and it probably wasn't his favorite moment. But to Mark's credit, he doesn't generally make a big deal out of those kind of things. He, you know, when you ask about him, he basically says, "Hey, um, it's our job to stop them, and if yeah. we can't stop them, then you know that's our fault and not theirs." So I don't think it's a huge deal, especially considering I think there's probably what only three coaches on the staff, assistants who were yeah. on that first staff when they played Vanderbilt and James Franklin. I don't think it's a big deal. None of the players were there, but. 
um, it's something for fans to worry about. And, yeah. and obviously fans don't like James Franklin very much because he well, yeah. destroyed them when he was at Vanderbilt for those three years. And he's had some other issues uh, off the field that uh, make him you know, not exactly the most likable guy sometimes. So I think that part of it uh, is, is fun for us watching it, but I don't necessarily think it has much to do with the game. Yeah, James Franklin, you know, there's reasons to not like him away from the football field. I think uh, you can most people can agree on that. And then from a Kentucky standpoint, he made Vanderbilt and took him from a doormat to now a team that is continuing right. to make bowls, even though they, they ended up losing in theirs when uh, they played this year. But now he's at Penn State. And um, uh, I, I like the kind of the contradiction of these two teams overall, like the programs where they're at, because I think I saw you tweet out or somebody tweet out today that, you know, James Franklin said this is they're trying to win 10 games for the third straight year for the first time since they've joined the Big Ten. Right. Yeah, he made that point a lot today of like distinguishing between like Penn State before they were in the Big Ten and afterwards because he said it's it's just a different ball game and so a lot of his players and, and the things they've done Trace McSorley have very much like post Big Ten records which is is fair to say uh, so it was I yeah, not being around the program I had not heard that distinction very much mm-hmm. but that was one of the points he made today and, and he said basically when you can do something for the first time at Penn State given all the history they had that's a big deal and that's something they're they're shooting for it's. Not, I don't think quite as big a deal as Kentucky just doing it for the third time ever in program history, or uh, all of the other history that Kentucky has made, given their state as you know an SEC doormat for most of the the history of the program. But it is interesting that also there's some history on the line for Penn State too. Yeah, I don't even know if this was asked or if anybody was if they're even aware of it. Have you heard either of the coaches discuss the history? Of the, not right. rivalry obviously isn't a word, but I mean they played in the yeah. in the nineties and then they played in the what was it fifties or right or, yeah seventies seventies yeah, 70s, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm sure Mark doesn't know that I mean he probably <laughs> knows that they played in the Outback Bowl because somebody's told him uh, recently and I can't imagine that James Franklin has looked it up either but it is it is of note I mean when these two teams play each other they haven't played often they played five times in program history but when they do it's there've been big games I mean obviously. Outback Bowl, uh, what, 99, so almost 20 years ago, 20 seasons ago, James, uh, Tim Couch's last game, last time Kentucky was in a New Year's Day Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 1977 team that Kentucky has, you know, been compared to so often this year, first nine win regular seasons in 77, first SEC winning records in 77, that team really got it going by beating number four Penn State early in the year. That was the first time they got into the top 25 polls, one of, I think, four top five wins in program history. That was, I think, the third game of a four-game series they played from 75 to 77. There were some really big games in there. Kentucky got, I think, destroyed in the last one, but the other three were very close. So um, Bear Bryant – or not Bear Bryant, sorry. Frank Kersey and Joe Paterno played in in that era. Obviously, we saw Hal Mummy and Joe Paterno play in 99. It's the first time they've played Penn State without Joe Paterno. So that's of note at least a little bit. But but the history – there's more history there than you would expect for two teams that have not played as often – very often. All right, let's let's talk about the actual game a little bit. What are the? We'll start on the offensive side of the ball. You know, we mentioned Benny Snell. Obviously, he's such a, a key component of the game. But is there is there anybody uh, besides him that Kentucky really needs to get going to have their best opportunity to win the game? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Penn State's too good to win if they're one dimensional. So obviously, Terry Wilson and Lynn Bowden and, and C.J. Conrad have to step up. Uh, the other part of this for me is the offensive line needs to play really well. Obviously, they have to pave the way for Benny to have a big game for the run game if Kentucky's going to win the way they normally do. But Penn State's like sixth in the country in sacks, and uh, they've got a hundred tackles for loss on the year. So those guys need to protect well, and Kentucky has to stay out of third and long. We know 
that has not been their strength. The game like Texas A&M, Terry Wilson really struggled in those situations, got sacked a bunch of times. So I think those two tackles are huge. Obviously, George Osafoj playing his last game. Mm-hmm. Whoever starts at left tackle, whether it's D.J. Price or Nasir Watkins or Darian Kennard after 15 bowl practices, I'm not really sure what they're going to do there. Those guys need to need to play really well and, and then along with the rest of the offensive line. And then uh, defensively, obviously, uh, you know, Josh Allen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, that, this is – what do you expect from him in this game? You know, he kind of – I remember when he first announced that he was going to – play in the game and I don't remember if it was on the radio interview I we did with Dick Gabriel and I or if it was in one of his press conferences but he kind of talked about how and he he, he stumbled over a word because it's not a great there's no great way to phrase it but he, basically I'm paraphrasing him yeah. what I uh, interpreted it as is he Stoops isn't going to put him in any position right that's going to lead to any kind of injury how, what do you think is going to happen with him yeah I, I've gone back and forth I mean when he first said he was going to play I kind of just assumed they were going to like start him and then you know play him on third downs and obvious passing situations and really kind of protect him. But then you also have the argument that when you're being overly cautious and thinking about an injury too much, that's when you're at most risk for getting hurt because you're thinking about it. You're just not playing the way that, that you're capable of playing. So I don't think he's going to play as much as he normally did. Uh, a lot of that because, I mean, he spent most of the month traveling around the country getting awards and you know I don't know how much he's actually practiced obviously he's been up here this week practicing in, in the last couple before Christmas in, in Lexington I don't think he's going to be normal Josh Allen but I do still think if you can pick and choose your moments that he could have a huge impact on this mm-hmm. game and obviously if he's playing on third downs and pass rushing situations he's good as he's ever going to be uh, so I would not be shocked if he had another you know multiple sack multiple tackle for last game and if he does that then obviously Kentucky's chances yeah. go up what about um, replacing Jordan Jones? Uh, you know, ineligible, I guess, is the term that was it, right. how they ended up phrasing it for this bowl game. Uh, is there going to be much of a drop-off playing Oates and Square in his position? I, I mean, I think there will probably be some drop-off. Anytime you lose a you know a senior who's played as much as Jordan Jones, who had a really good year this year playing within the defense, not having to do all the things maybe he did when he was putting up those huge tackling numbers, but doing his role, not having off-the-field issues, which is always another problem. It's going to be a loss. But that being said, if you were going to lose a senior starter on this defense, I think that's the spot where you could handle it because – DeAndre Square played so well in his moments. Chris Oates, who can play there as well, obviously was very good as a freshman. You give those guys 15 practices or whatever they've had in bowl practices, they would have been candidates that if you'd looked at this in November and said, okay, who's going to be that guy who emerges in the bowl game because they've had more practice? Those would have been two guys I pointed at. And so now the fact that they're going to just depend on them to start, it's it's a risk. Obviously, they're the one guys on, or the two guys on that defense who have not played in a bowl, who have not really been in this kind of moment before. But they've played in huge games this year. Uh, they've had to step up in really important games with a lot on the line. So I don't think it's a. I think they'll play well, and I think they'll be okay there without Jordan. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with a little bit more from John Hale in just a second. The holiday season is here, and that means getting together with friends and family at Skyline Chili. There's something about Skyline Chili that just makes you feel good. That secret recipe chili on a pair of cheese conies or a three-way with freshly grated Skyline cheese is the perfect combination of flavors. But it's more than just incredible food. It's a community gathering place. That's what makes Skyline so special. Good food, good service, good people. They greet you at the door and set you up with a bowl of oyster crackers when, you, when they take your order. I'm getting hungry just talking about it. Feels like a good day. To make a trip to the Lexington Skyline Chili over on Richmond Road across from the Krispy Kreme. Maybe I'll see you there. Feeling good. It's Skyline time. 
This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Finally wrapping up with the football, and then I'll get your your thoughts, a quick thought on the the Kentucky win over Louisville in basketball. Uh, The secondary, obviously a ton of seniors. Uh, This will be their last game. I feel like that's a position group. Uh, that, that you know, that if if I guess if Penn State has a weakness right on the offensive end, it's it's throwing the ball, and maybe they could take advantages. Uh, how do you think those guys will perform? Yeah, I think it's it's a big game for them too. Um, I would have been interested to see if there had been a young corner who had you know gotten an extended look in bowl practices, just because as they kind of look to the future, who would play in this game to that could help them because they had played more. I don't know that that's going to be the case. I think you just ride with those three seniors and hope that, that you make the most of it and then you evaluate where you're at in the spring uh, in terms of what's next for Kentucky. But those guys are good. And if Josh Allen and you know Boogie Watson and the guys up front are getting to Trace McSorley in the backfield, it obviously makes their job easier. Um, for me, if you're talking NFL draft prospects on Kentucky, we know what you're getting from Josh Allen. We probably know what you're getting from Benny Snell and C.J. Conrad. Those corners are the most interesting guys to me. Can they, with what they did this year, if can they go to the combine and prove like worthy of day two picks? I don't know. Maybe a couple of them can. And in a moment like this, this is another chance to prove themselves. And, and I think that that's that's a, a matchup that that kind of looks well for Kentucky. You know? All right. So just to wrap here with you, John, and appreciate all your time. We're inside some ballroom right now. And instead of enjoying the sun, which we should be, so I'm I'm deeply appreciative uh, since Kyle Tucker has abandoned me. Basketball, what stood out the most in Kentucky's win over Louisville to you? Yeah, for me, it's it's the young guys. I mean, so often Cal's teams at Kentucky have struggled in those first road games and several of their early road games just as they learned to handle the moment and the crowd and the intensity to see what the three freshman guards, Hero, Higgins, and, and Kelton Johnson did in that game knowing what they were facing, especially after that, you know, the Duke game, which at some point we'll probably stop comparing things to the Duke <laughs> game, but for now I'm going to do it again, to see them in that game other than Keldon get pushed and not really know how to answer when they were challenged. Uh, in the course of two months, they've figured it out a little bit. I think that really bodes well for them because obviously every SEC road game is going to be that way. When you get to the tournament, it's not going to be like hostile crowds, but the pump moment, the pressure is going to be up there. So for them to play that well – and their first real road game, I think, really bodes well for Kentucky moving forward. Yeah, I would completely agree. All right, John, uh, let everybody know where they can follow you on social media and where they can read all your work. Yeah, it's at John, J-O-N, Hale, H-A-L-E, underscore C-J on Twitter and Courier-Journal.com. And John does a great job on the beat for football and basketball, so follow him for coverage of both sports. Coming up next, we are going to share that conversation we had with Tom Leach, the voice of the Cats, so stay tuned for that. Before we get to our conversation with Tom Leach, I want to tell you guys again a little bit more about Sling TV. I know you don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. And if you're on the road this holiday season, Sling TV is a great way to never miss a snap or basket. You can stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices, your cell phone, your laptop, your tablet, any of them. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. You get SEC Network, Pac-12 Network, ESPN, ESPN2, all those things. But you're not paying for a bunch of channels you never even use. There are no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. And here's the promo code. Right now, Locked On listeners can get a 7-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. You are Locked On Kentucky. Your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, 
your team every day. Now joined by the voice of the Cats, Tom Leach. Um, Tom, if Kentucky could defeat Penn State, get their 10th win, win first bowl game of the Mark Stoops era, what would it mean for the program? I have to think it just helps even things like recruiting, and um, it's a significant achievement to get uh, 10 wins. That number is um, just a, has a different feel to it, I think. Um, I think it's important to – it would be important to get the first bowl in for Coach Stoops. They were very close to getting one last year. Uh, but, you know, it's not a, a big deal. Uh, it's, they've had a great season to get here, so it's not a huge deal if they uh, come up short against a very good Penn State team. But by the same token, once uh, you, you don't win the first bowl game, well, or the second or the third, then it becomes a thing. So it's better to just get one taken care of. And this would be, uh, you know, just a huge win to get 10, to make it against Penn State. It's a ranked team, uh, New Year's Day Bowl, all of that. Um, it's just it puts the perfect punctuation mark on this season. Probably it's I think it's probably more important for this season and this group of guys than maybe for the program because the program's doing well and uh, they're going to be good again next year and the way they're recruiting they'll be good for a while and um, I think for this group of guys uh, they've had a very special season to win nine games and played for the SEC championship for the first time uh, at Kentucky since they've gone to the divisions so they've done things that they wanted Mm -hmm. to do and it'll always be special to them but it'll be viewed as more memorable more special in the uh, history of Kentucky football I think if you can get this win under these circumstances and so for that reason I think it's probably bigger even for the season than this team than it is for the program what would it like you know you're talking about from a historical perspective you know, Josh Allen, uh, Benny Snell, I think, you know, those are names obviously locked into UK history, but could this put them almost over the top to, you know, be, and maybe they already are in the discussion of the best players in the history of the program, but oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, where would it kind of, if they, if they end up winning this game, how much would that help that argument for them? Uh, I think it, it helps. I'm not, it's, I don't know how, quite how to quantify it, but I think it helps uh, if you've got that. Um, you know, you, you look back over the best defensive players ever at Kentucky. Josh is the first first team All American since Art Still. His Art's team in '77, that team was on probation, so they didn't get a chance to uh, finish it with a bowl game. Um, I have no doubt they would have won the bowl yeah. game and uh, probably would have been playing it had they not been on probation. And they take they and they could have actually done this, taken the probation the year before. Uh, they'd have played in the Sugar Bowl that year, um, and uh, I don't I don't know who they would have played, but. Uh, uh, you know, so that uh, that team didn't get a chance to do it. Bob Gaines, one of the best defensive players ever, his team beat Oklahoma. Um, so uh, you know, they were the number one team in the country. This win wouldn't be quite to that level, but uh, it's uh, you know it's still pretty strong. Um, you know, those are probably the the two most decorated mm-hmm. defensive players ever. So Josh is certainly in that conversation. You can rank them however you choose, but yeah. I, I think those are the the three guys that you start with. Uh, maybe add Lou Michaels, and then on the offensive side. You know, if uh, Benny's already in the discussion for the best running back ever, you know, if you expand that to offensive player, then you bring in quarterbacks and receivers, and it and it gets more difficult to to rank them. But uh, as far as running backs, I think he's probably leaves as the uh, if he gets the record, uh, he's got all the all the the records. It'd be hard to say he's not the best yeah. running back ever at Kentucky. Uh, and then finally, this season overall, uh, obviously all the accomplishments on the field, and you get to be a little bit closer to the team than I think most. You know, with the start of the season, Josh Paschal 
you know, the John Schlarman, those kind of things. How much is, is this kind of just felt like um, just an uplifting season when there could have been some really moments from a personal standpoint for a lot of the team? Yeah. I mean, it could have gone the other way. It could have unraveled uh, because of, uh, you know, you lose a teammate uh, to something like cancer's uh, unnerving, I'm sure, not just for, for Josh Paschal and his family, but teammates, you know, a young guy like that. And it's been amazing how it's uh, changed and um, uh, it's been a very inspirational story. But, you know, those kind of things could don't always go that way. Uh, John Schlarman, his, he's been fighting cancer. So um, that's been an inspirational story for the guys in that offensive line room with him. And the way those two guys handled it probably is a big part of it. Um, uh, you know, Coach Schlarman, I don't think, missed a day of work. Uh, Josh Pascal worked so hard that he got back to play at the end of the season. So, you know, it's hard for somebody else, one of their teammates, to take off when you see what those guys are going through and what they're doing to be there every day. And so it, it served to be kind of a rallying point for uh, this team. And, uh, you know, I think back, uh, Freddie Maggard, our, our buddy Freddie, had a lot of former players come in to talk to these guys before the season started. And I remember in particular one clip they put out of Derek Ramsey uh, kind of speaking for the former players that when you, know, when you hurt, we hurt, and when you bleed, we bleed, or whatever it was that Derek said. But it was just he's always been a tremendous leader, and that was, I thought, a really neat moment. And uh, this team has had, and players have talked about this, a real strong uh, chemistry, and I think you see that in the fact that the guys are all playing: Josh Allen, Benny Snell, Mike Edwards, etc. Guys that could be, you know, a lot of these guys at other uh, programs are, are taking off the bowl game because of risk of injury. These guys want to be a part of finishing this, and that's, I think, most a tribute to how they feel about each other. Yeah, he is Tom Leach, obviously the voice of the Cats, and you can hear him every morning nine to ten on the Leach Report. Tom, thanks for joining us. Happy to do it. Thanks to John and Tom for joining the podcast. Be sure to be following along with all their work because they both do such an incredible job at what they do. Uh, We'll wrap with my prediction for the game. I sent this to Kyle, but he never responded and um, wanted to post this podcast a little bit earlier. So sorry, Kyle. You snooze, you lose. But here's uh, here's, we got two over-unders, and they're obviously pretty evident. One we talked about with John. Is Benny Snell going to get over 106 rushing yards and break the all-time record? I say he will, and I say it'll be amazing, and he'll be super happy, and everybody loves a happy Benny Snell. The other one is, will Josh Allen get a sack and a half? I think he end up will. I think it'll be one of those situations where they're going to put him in good, good, um, good position to make some big plays, and he's going to make them because he's a defensive player of the year. That's what he's going to do. I'm going to pick Kentucky to win. Um, you know, Penn State might be just a little bit better, but I think Kentucky has a little bit more motivation, and that's going to put them over the top. I'm going to pick Kentucky by a field goal. We'll go 27-24, to 24, Kentucky in a really fun Citrus Bowl. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of Locked on Kentucky. Thanks to Skyline Chili for sponsoring this edition of the show. Be sure to go and check out their Richmond Road location. Be sure to be following along with me. I'm down here in Orlando. We'll have tons of post-game coverage. I'll be tweeting during the game, all those things. I'm at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. I post the video interviews on BigBlueInsider.com. That is the weeknight show I do with Dick Gabriel out of Lexington on 630 WLAP. Even though he wasn't on the show today, be sure to be following at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH and read his work on The Athletic. Please rate, review, subscribe, and then most importantly, share it with someone else who would enjoy this podcast. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you soon.
You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. So, um...